Hey everybody, it's Todd Geist with Proofgeist, and today we're back with another episode of the Context Podcast. Um, and the first big, big piece of news we want to want to get out there is that we have a new host. So Jeremy Brown did a great job with the podcast and its initial its initial couple year run, but he has moved on to do his own thing in his own way, and so we need to get a new host. And luckily, we have Martha Zink. Cue up Martha there. <laughs> and she is going to be taking over as the host as we dive into all kinds of new topics regarding FileMaker and Claris platform and uh, everything else that we can think of that's interesting in this space. And we're going to start off with what we call, we're kind of calling the modern FileMaker revolution, or as we'll get into it, sort of what's different about how you use FileMaker today. Um, as opposed to what you did years ago and what that what we think that means. So Martha, it's your show, take it away. I appreciate it. Well, I do wanna say the same here and say thanks to Jeremy for, for creating this platform and starting it for us. Um, big shoes to fill, but I'm excited to be playing this part now. Um, so Modern FileMaker Revolution, Ernest, Todd, you've both talked about this um, at Proof Guys quite a bit, um, but tell me a little bit of what that actually means to you. Do you have like an elevator pitch of what that means? Yeah, I think I'll start by saying that we we first have to think about how FileMaker is currently being used in the world. Um, and I'm, you know, I've certainly grown up in this space. Right? We've done all the cool things, all the not so cool things, all the big things, all the fantastic ideas, um, and sometimes down to earth ideas in this space. Everything from, you know, separation model to uh, high performance systems and FileMaker, a lot of you know integration work and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think if I could sum it up, is that we've always imagined in the past that FileMaker is the center of the universe, like it is the thing that becomes the growing monolith that eats up all the other systems because it can do everything. You know, it can be your CRM, it can be your sales system, it can it can start to replace all the things that your spreadsheets were doing in different places. And we're trying to squeeze out all these business efficiencies because FileMakers are so easy to use. It's so easy to deploy and starts, start building up and building up and building up. And then we add more complexity. We add more sophistication. And that's been the arc, right? We're using FileMakers sort of to, to build um, essentially powerful business systems or powerful applications to run everything from small offices to massive corporations. Right. I'm here to suggest that we're in a very different landscape today. Right? If you think about FileMaker of that era as having done a certain kind of heavy lifting for the world, um, we have to start to imagine like what's next. And what's next is actually pretty freaking compelling. And I think that story hasn't really been told a lot. So I think as a teaser, you know, this is not an elevator pitch. I suck at elevator pitches. That's why I taught you, which is good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I'd say that, you know, let, let's begin by understanding what we came from and what we're coming from. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I'll, I'll bounce this off of Todd, but I think that in order to understand the modern filmmaker re revolution, you have to understand the context that we're in. Yeah. And the context that we're in is that we're not on-prem anymore. Yeah. Cloud is first. Yeah, let me just speak about the context. I think this is I think this is pretty interesting. And that I mean we named this we named this podcast the context 
for that reason. I mean, obviously it's got a term in FileMaker having to do with, uh, with the relationship graph, um, but it's also um, all problems have a context in which they arise. Um, and we like to think that, uh, that often when we're approaching problems, that it's some kind of greenfield and we can do whatever it is that we want to do within that space. And that's just not true. Like there, there is, there are constraints, whether they're time, budget, systemic, whatever there are, there are constraints under which you must operate. Um, and in terms of FileMaker, there's a couple of things there that are really important. Like it depends a lot on where you have used FileMaker in the past and what you're doing with it today. Uh, so that's one part is sort of how how is the organization that you're involved with using FileMaker? They may have a massive system and it may be running a big chunk of their business. Uh, and you you can't just pretend that's not so, right? But you also need to integrate with the with with the new stuff that's out there and the recognition that um, we're not we can't really be on prem anymore for many cases. People are remote, especially after two years of the pandemic. People are remote, and FileMaker solutions that have developed that have been developed on a LAN over many many years are going to struggle in a WAN environment, and that's just the nature of it. That's just the reality. You're going to have a hard time getting people who are far away from that system to be happy with the performance of a FileMaker system that's been that was developed over say a decade on the LAN on prem. So we're in the cloud now. You know, that's that's where things are. That's where FileMaker probably has to live. That's where all of your other applications that you're using live. And so that really changes things. Um, and your your context, so your context includes the FileMaker apps you're using. It includes the other apps that aren't FileMaker that you're using that you might need to integrate with. Uh, and those are probably going to be cloud native. And by, by cloud native, I mean things that are going to be accessed through a web browser that probably have developer APIs that you can integrate with using insert from URL in FileMaker's case or HTTP in whatever language you're, you're using. You're probably also going to have a set of user expectations that are very different than the ones that FileMaker grew up in, in terms of how an app, what an app should look like and how it should behave and what kind of components there are, there are that you can give people to, to use as part of their UI. Um, so we, you know, we saw some of that be addressed in FileMaker 19 with things like the calendar add-ons and that we were, uh, and the other add-ons that we were instrumental in in getting to the platform. So all that is the context that we find ourselves in today, and it it just isn't the context that we were in a decade ago or even five years ago. So, um, but in terms of what you can do, there's an awful lot you can do. FileMaker is actually pretty good as a web database, for example. Um, it works quite well inside the serverless infrastructure that you're seeing people use these days because the data is available over HTTP, which is really great. Uh, so there's a lot of advantages that you can get when you start to think about this in terms of we're in the cloud, right? We have a server running in the cloud. Uh, and so that's really what the modern FileMaker revolution is all about. The other thing, so Ernest, just to go back to what you said a minute ago, you said uh, that FileMaker is not the center, that we used to think of FileMaker as the center of everything, right? And to be clear, FileMaker has been the center of my career. So you're making me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how I feel. 
so is this Todd, is this what you're saying too, that that FileMaker is just a component that the world is bigger than, than we made it to be for so long? Well, let me, let me maybe bring this from sort of the business value proposition side of the conversation, right? Like why, why was FileMaker so successful before in the past or prior to modern FileMaker revolution? Well, for one, web was hard and expensive and really quite terrible, right? I mean, the standards were poor, the UI was just horrendous. And you have to kind of imagine FileMaker slotting in between before all these Web 2, Web 3 stuff and after the old, you know, old databases, like literally DBase and, yeah, and terminal, terminal systems, yeah. right? So if you think about this whole era of rapid application development environments, um, who was out there? Nobody credible, like 40 maybe, but no traction. You know, FileMaker was really that tool that could really do that heavy lifting, right? Could really provide a modern experience that rivaled anything that you could build on the web or in older systems and so forth. And the thing that it was really important is that um, it could serve as like that stack, right? That stack that drove businesses, that gave people this engine to, to deliver value rapidly. That was a superpower. You could get somebody who knows what they're doing, build something quickly, iterate the bejesus out of it, and then all of a sudden you got something that does something much better than you know some big gigantic system that's running in the closet somewhere. <laughs> but the stack's really different today, right? I mean, this, things things have changed pretty rapidly. And, and from a business standpoint, what is the business stack? Well, it's not a single database application, right? Maybe using Pipedrive or Salesforce. Maybe, maybe you have your customer data stashed somewhere else. Maybe you're doing invoicing and billing through QuickBooks. Maybe you are looking at some automation from your web forms. You know I mean? Every business, every company, every organization has some kind of business application stack that they're using. And guess what? Most of that is cloud native. It's cheaper. You couldn't build it yourself. <laughs> you couldn't build it yourself for, for a hundredth or one thousandth of the, you know, the, the amount of R&D that's been put into these applications. Try building QuickBooks. Good luck. Couldn't do that. All right. So, so when you think about that, you know, when you think about the amount of the amount of efficiencies, the amount of power and value that's been compressed into all these applications that are out there. Um, that's the context we're in. You know, and it's enormously powerful. That's the other thing, right? Businesses are not inventing the wheel over and over again. They're just using what's out there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I remember wanting to rebuild a lot of wheels in the past, right? Because it was sure. hard to find anything that was affordable or easy enough to get into get into or to connect to FileMaker, but that, that has changed quite a bit. I mean, it it isn't even just like web apps and like, you know, SaaS business systems. It's things like Slack. How many companies run their most of their business through Slack? Right? You can't, you're not going to rebuild Slack and FileMaker, right? No, so but we're only in Slack it. because they took AOL IM from me. So yeah. <laughs> 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 integrating with that. <laughs> Yeah, but the, but 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 that's the reality, right? Slack is the current context. So are we just going to pretend that's not there? No, actually, Slack has a whole development platform. There's a whole ton of stuff you can do with it, and guess what? It can work just fine 
with FileMaker as the thing in the sort of behind the scenes that's responding to to Slack to to Slack bots or sending messages into the Slack channels to notify people of certain events. Like there's no reason to consider Slack a separate part of what you do when you're working in FileMaker. You should consider it like SMS, like email, like any of these other things that you can reach out and touch with with FileMaker. That's part of your stack. Web apps, Slack apps, QuickBooks, Salesforce, Pipedrive, all of these things, all of these, all of these cloud native things are part of what you can do with with modern FileMaker. And so some of that started back with FileMaker 16, which was really the first time we got um, we got sort of hold, we got a hold of the tools that let us do that. We got insert from URL, which is a full HTTP client, and we got JSON functions, and we got the REST API for FileMaker Server. Those were all cloud native tools that we got embedded into the platform that let us do things like Slack integration or QuickBooks integration. Uh, so that's when it started. We're now FileMaker 19. We're several versions beyond that. Um, and there's more that we can do there as well. But some of it requires changing your perspective. And it's not just about like, it's not just about like, okay, there's all these apps I can integrate with. That's great. But there's a couple other things too that are pretty important. One is you got to have a server. Like if you want to be able to have a Slack bot that talks to FileMaker, a file isn't going to cut it, right? So this is, this is kind of the, the main thing we call the app is called FileMaker, right? It's about files and it was about files for most of its history. So that was, that was where the center of innovation was, was in the file. The center of innovation is now the server, in my opinion. That's where you have to have, you have to start with a server. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is because you want to do an integration with something like Slack. You got to have a server. There's no way without a server, you have to have a server and it has to be robust enough to be up and running so that when you send a Slack bot message to your FileMaker server, it can respond to it. Otherwise you're not good. So you have to have a robust server. And then if you want to do things with sort of the other, another big reason you need a server is uh, if you want to do modern development practices, because people actually are using your software for critical things, you don't want to be doing live development. So you want to have a dev server so that you can do development on dev servers and you can do migration from dev to prod. Um, this becomes essential because these apps, the apps that you're writing have to work. You need to have, you don't want to be doing live development because that is a danger. You might break things uh, and you want to be able to have a dev environment where you can do things and test things and try things. So the server is the center of, of the FileMaker universe now. Um, and that's another key aspect of it. Now, one of the reasons for that is that, you know, again, going going with this framing of what's what's what was before and what is now, right? Why, why is this a revolution? It's a revolution because things are changing or have changed. The center, the center of innovation was the file. The center of work was the file. Like you imagine how work was done. You open up a file and you did things to it. You either put data in or you pitch, hit buttons and things happen. Paper comes out of printer. The center of work today is increasingly, and I would argue almost vanishingly so, like the file is such a small factor in that, in that process, 
where's work happening? Work is happening when you're sleeping. Work is happening when you're looking at a browser and data's flying from the interwebs you know, into your file that you're not even thinking about. Work is happening that you don't see. And, and this is the key, right? And we tend to think of FileMaker, think of FileMaker as sort of the, the surface where you can actually see work happening. Yeah. And that's not what's happening. In fact, in yeah. the early days, it was really just typing very fast for you. And that's what it was doing. I, it was literally automating the the uh, the copy and paste of of things around around the FileMaker system. That was the first version of ScriptMaker. The first coding that we did outside of calculation fields was literally macros, people driven macros. That was the automation. Uh, automation is now happening not just because somebody opens a file and clicks a button or enters data in a field, but because some signal comes in from some other service, Salesforce, Slack, whatever, I've got a new lead. How do I process that? There's no person doing that processing. This is now happening. You know, it, it, it may still be FileMaker code that's running, but it increasingly is running again. Guess what? Where on the server, whether, you know, it, it's not, it's not, you're not opening a file to do this. The server is responding to handling this stuff and taking care of it while nobody's actually watching it. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing that, I, that that struck me was this idea of full stack. I mean, FileMaker was a full stack at some point, right? Yeah. You could do the, the back end, the front end, you could deploy, you could do all these things right within that little package. But I guess that's, that was kind of the, the micro version of it, right? It's bigger than that is what you're saying. And, and I think you're including more of the, I mean, you're, you're professionalizing this whole thing, right? It's basically saying that it's not just about the development anymore. It's not about the file. It's not just about doing the work in the file. It's about deployment. It's about distribution. There, there's a technical perspective to this, and then there is a business perspective to this, and, and they're both really important, right? And so when we use the term stack, what what, what do we mean? Well, te technically, we always imagine FileMaker to be the everything, be all and all experience. I mean, we would go through amazing lengths to get a user experience just like the way we want it by using all kinds of gimmicks and tricks because that had to be in FileMaker, right? So there was no other surface where you could do that programming. It was just a FileMaker layout, the objects that you had, the tables, fields, whatever, right? Um, but that's obviously different. And Todd, obviously you can talk more about this, but today the stack is enormous and very large. And some of it, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's sort of a, I don't know if it's a, it's not a formal definition of what full stack is, quote unquote, but if you use the word full stack in a lot of tech circles, what people, what you will, what most people will interpret that as being is um, a stack which can build user interfaces, um, custom business logic and persist that data to a database, right? So that's, that's a full stack. Um, that's a, that's a full stack. Like if you're a full stack developer, that's what you're, that's what most people would think of. You're a web developer who can also write the backend code to connect the data to the database. So in that sense, FileMaker is certainly full stack, right? So there's that, but in terms of like, you, you, there are other, there are other parts of important critical data logic, um, and, uh, and, and user interface that you're not going to control. Like the business still needs to 
like you think of like um, take MailChimp, for example, or or SendGrid, where you're designing these emails and you're sending emails out for marketing purposes. Like we used to do that in FileMaker. In fact, Proof had a whole product, FM Spark, around marketing emails from FileMaker. Uh, but it turns out that that's something that because of all the spam wars that happened, it's just not something you can really do because of uh, and, and also regulations around the anti-spamming laws that are there, right? You really do need to give that functionality to a marketing email proce processor like, like, like SendGrid or MailChimp or pick, take your pick. There's, there's a, there's quite a few of these. So that logic and that UI for building the emails is no longer going to be yours to control. Like it just, it's just not. So now you have to think about what do I want to, I still want to be able to, to send marketing emails and I've got some data in FileMaker that I want to be able to, um, I've, I've got a list of contacts. I need to be able to make sure that people um, that I choose in my FileMaker database get these emails. Well, now you're in integration land, right? So the, the, the point though is that you don't control all of the pieces anymore. You control data pipes. You can send data, you can ask for data, but you don't get to make a call on what that UI looks like for designing those marketing emails anymore. It's no longer your concern. That's incredibly freeing if you take that approach. I don't, I'm no longer responsible for that. I'm now responsible for just the integration, um, which, has its up, which has its challenges. I don't want to uh, oversimplify it. Integration is a challenge into itself. But, but we have that capability now. And so, you know, I don't even know what you'd say, like, what's, what's a business's full stack? Well, it's going to, it's going to, depending on the size of the business, it's going to, it's going to include, you know, several to dozens to hundreds of applications that are controlling critical bits of that app. And if you're a FileMaker developer, or you have a FileMaker app that's supposed to exist somewhere within that context, you have to accept that that's the case because it is, right? Like, it's not, there's no other case. That is the world you're in. I think that's the, that's the fundamental part of, of this that, that's important for me. You know, I, this, from a business perspective, I mean, FileMaker is narrowly full stack in the sense that you can build front back end, front end, back end, web experiences, whatever, right? It's limited in its own way, but enormously powerful for what it does. But I think the more important point is that the things that make up a business stack are enormous. Persistence is not one place. Yeah, Persistence is in a lot of different places. Right? I mean, you think about where is your, um, you know, network research data. It's not in your databases. It's in LinkedIn, right? It's somewhere else. Where is your? I mean, look at email. Your email is not in your in your databases, and that's that's a database, and so forth and so forth. And so, if we shift our mindset from just assuming that the stack is enormous and data is not in one place, and UI and user experience is not in one place and business logic is not in one place, then all the downstream you know, ramification of, of that is something that we need to come to terms with. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's the key for me, right? I mean, if you begin with those assumptions, then there is no other recourse. We have to reimagine how we, we situate FileMaker because we think there's a really important role in FileMaker to play, an enormously important one, but it's not how we imagine it before, being the be-all and everything, the monolith. Yeah, and I, I think what's what's important about that is that it requires a different mindset, but also slightly different characteristics and skill sets. So, and this is why we get back to like you know what when we 
when we talk about the modern the modern filemaker stack or the modern filemaker revolution well, what we're talking about is centering a different set of ideas and technologies than than what we used to and and that is that directly informs how we build value today on the filemaker stack so we have a server and we've augmented that server with some tools uh, um, the biggest one being auto that we use to um, make the server even more powerful than it was before. And then we've gone one step further. We've got a whole hosting platform called Automatic that includes auto that has all those features baked into it and a bunch of others, which we'll be adding, which we'll be adding over time. But the idea is that you can approach, if you approach FileMaker um, development from this modern context, you will quickly see that there are some key capabilities you need. You need something like auto. That's our assertion is that you're going to need some way to do automated data migrations, but also the other features that auto has, which are things like receiving webhooks. You've got to be able to receive webhooks easily. Uh, and auto has that built in. Um, there are other ways to approach it. We've just decided to take what we know as the key features that you need to add to a server and add them through auto. Uh, and then you're going to need to have some skills around web. People expect a certain kind, they expect a certain um, polish around the way user interfaces look. They also expect you to be able to produce, um, they expect that if you, have a, if you have a database and there's data in it that you need to expose to say your vendors or your customers, that they're not gonna have FileMaker. So you're not gonna be able to say, hey, open up this FileMaker app if you wanna collaborate with us. They're gonna want a web app. So you need to build a web app, a portal of some sort, that connects to your FileMaker data. So that's another skill set. You're going to need web skills. You're going to need them. Uh, and so we've chosen a, we've chosen React as our front end of choice for these kind of things. React being a JavaScript framework, and and Node.js and Next.js as our way of building these these inter, these intermediary layers between that web application and our FileMaker databases. Um, so yeah, there's a it's a like we need you need these different things. It's not just about like we don't, you know, the data doesn't all belong to us. It's like you need a different set of techniques and skill sets to address it from this perspective. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of the filemaker development in the past has been has revolved strictly on a workflow, right? Like I'm adapting to what the the users need to accomplish a workflow. Um, and I like your focus on expectations of of people, whether that's from a web technology or web design, whatever it might be. Um, but I think that that part is pretty key to me, seeing how FileMaker can tie so well to other components mm. and, and meet that expectation, right? It, I mean, you, you don't want to open up your iPhone and then have one app that stands out because it doesn't make sense, right? They should right. all feel like a, an experience. So so I guess that's maybe that's a good analogy, right? The, the modern revolution FileMaker is, for FileMaker is this, you open up your iPhone and it's all these different buttons, right? It's all the different apps that you can open up and how, how they all talk to each other. But you yeah. need them all, right? It's not just the phone anymore. <laughs> you need all. I the think drugs. that's a great analogy. I think. Yeah. I think. I think the more we shift to this mindset that FileMaker is a component of a much larger ecosystem and even a marketplace. Right? I mean, think of this as as a network of apps, persistence layers, persistent layer, persistent engines, databases, experiences, workflows. And then you have to ask your ask yourself, how, how do we leverage all of that with the platform that we, we love, which is FileMaker? 
Yeah. And it's, and the, you know, sometimes people get discouraged by some of the ways that we talk about this because there's new things to learn, et cetera. Um, I think, I mean, I can understand that perspective. I've certainly had to retrain myself a number of times since I started with FileMaker um, a long time ago. But um, the story is actually pretty good here. Like, like FileMaker's integration with, uh, with, these new, with these new technologies and these new ways of building, it's actually really strong. So we have a great REST API that, can, that means that you can build any web experience you want and project it to however many users you need to project it to on the internet. And your FileMaker database will be able to handle it. Now, you're going to have to know what you're doing there. It's, you have to learn how to build applications in that way. But you can build applications that can address um, you know, large numbers of users connecting to your FileMaker database. Uh, the way that anybody else would address large numbers of users connecting to their database, whether it's FileMaker or MySQL or Postgres, yeah. the same techniques apply. Uh, and we have we have that capability. It's all there. We have a REST API. We can cache things. The, the modern deployment frameworks coming from all sorts of different vendors like Vercel and Netlify and Fly.io and all these different players, they all have global CDNs that, that will cache data for you and cache um, uh, HTML for you and files for you that you, and again, really importantly, FileMaker works with these things. It works quite well with these things. You just have to know to try and go and build them and figure it out, but it works. Uh, so there's really, there's not a reason to be, there, there, there's not a reason to be bummed out. There's a reason to be excited that we have this thing that we've been building on for over two decades and it still fits quite well within the modern way of building things. You're just going to have to have a couple different skills and you're going to have to have a really good server or two or three. Um, and so you have to, you have to start shifting in that way, but it's going to work. And it's incredibly, you know, for, if you're a customer, if you're a Claris FileMaker customer and you have a lot of assets in FileMaker, you have important business systems that work. And you need to expose some of those, whether it's to Slack or to a web app. The great news is you can do this. You can do it. It's going to be possible for you to do it. And that's really what we're focused on is how do you do that? Some of it is a mindset change. Some of it is things like auto. Some of it is things like simple queue, this message queue system we have. There's lots of new techniques and technologies that, that we can apply here. But the really good news is it's going to work. Martha, I, I think that one of the key concepts here for me is that, <clears throat> well, first I'll say, you know, I, I'll double down and say that the opportunities are enormous. So if, if this sounds like, oh, FileMaker developers, we're facing an uphill challenge, you know, oh no, this is hard. I, I'm saying that you got to be kidding me. I mean, the amount of opportunities out there in this new space and this new world is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous because... FileMaker is really doing, really good at doing one thing, which is to help people do work that is unique and specialized and the very, very long tail of problems that you cannot solve yeah. at scale. I mean, to bang out things that tie things together, to build custom experiences, fantastic. Right, and, and we need to get out of this business of doing undifferentiated work in FileMaker. So if, if, if your idea of working in FileMaker is repeat 
a manual way of constructing a system over and over again, because that's the skill that you have, then yes, it can feel a little scary. But the moment we put ourselves in this mindset where we have an option to do work that's really differentiated, the things that cannot be repeated by a machine or robot or server or an automation, then the world's your oyster, right? And yeah, there are for- countless examples of this, right? Go ahead. <clears throat> I was going to say that the final, you know, Claris pushed the idea of, of us being problem solvers as developers, right? right? And it's just like now we just have other fun problems to solve, right? Now, now we've got puzzle pieces that are built for us, and we don't have to build every little nuance of it. I mean, I, I think of something like Slack or, I mean, really anything. They're doing the upgrades for you and the updates and the new features, right? And I just get to take advantage of those, That's right. right? In my in my Huge. existing puzzle piece. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I like that focus quite a bit. I think I think it is scary to think of it as freeing, but I think that's right. And I get to focus on the stuff that I actually care about, right? Which is this this really nuanced workflow that matters in those businesses. But but it's exactly right. It's what businesses care about. Yeah. Businesses don't care about how well you can replicate QuickBooks. They're just going to buy QuickBooks, right? What they care about is what you bring to the table that drives this unique business proposition of theirs. That's what they care about. Yeah, that's that's, We all have to differentiate ourselves in every way as a business, as a team, whatever. And, and we have that one tool that let us, let us do this and gobs of experience in doing it. So this is a happy story, not a sad story for me. I think one of the, you know, it's been a big move to move away from waterfall development and agile gets thrown around a lot, but agile is all about getting stuff done pretty efficiently, right? It's fine, but you can ship iterate on it, get something out. Is that, does this fit this model? Does this, is this dependent on that model? Yes, (laughs) in short, like, like it's, um, I mean, we talk to a lot of developers, a lot of people who who have businesses running on FileMaker and the idea that you could take down their production system while they're doing live development is, doesn't make anybody happy. Uh, And we all, you know, if you've done this long enough, you've done it. I remember taking down, I remember stopping production on a custom glass tile manufacturer for the entire day. They couldn't make glass. They couldn't make glass tiles. The salespeople couldn't, couldn't call any customers. Um, everybody just, everything stopped because we did development on a live production system and it didn't go well. And we had to, it took, it took a long time to clean up the mess that we had made. And you just can't like, that's not acceptable in today's world that you could, that you could stop a business with 20 salespeople from actually making any sales calls for right. an entire day. Like that's just, okay. you can't do that. So you have to have ways to do it. Uh, and that's where, you know, one of the things that we work on quite a bit is removing the roadblocks to things so that what used to be hard gets really simple. And, and so automated data migration is one of those things so that you can develop safely in a development environment. And when the feature is ready, you can push it to production. And the downtime that might happen with that is very short and you can recover and revert very easily if you need to. This is essential for any business of any size that's ongoing. You just can't take it down, right? So that that's important. So when... We got the data migration tool from Claris a number of years back. We immediately set out automating that entire process because it was still quite manual and required terminal and all these other things. And so auto just removes that. It's no longer 
a concern. You can develop on a development server. You can test, test, test. You can put things behind feature flags. You can all you can do testing. You can do all kinds of modern development practices on a test server and then push it to production with auto at literally the push of a button. Um, so we do a lot. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different areas that we're working on on that kind of thing. How do we remove these roadblocks to modern development? Just make it really, really easy. Yeah, so it's it's possible to move away from live development, and it, and it's this ecosystem allows for that, right? Because with with these tools, you can deploy what every day, probably. Yeah, we have a great story um, from Gearbox. Uh, they have a solution that um, you, if you're in the FileMaker community, you probably saw that saw this at some point. It's a medical system that runs on ships, actually not on ships, on in the in in Papua New Guinea, in the jungle. Um, uh, and it's connected to these big ships that sail up and down the coast of Papua New Guinea uh, with doctors on them. The doctors go into the jungle and they service um, villages with medical needs. And I think it's actually focused a little bit on eye and uh, also ophthalmology. Um, and so he's in Atlanta. The main servers, and I think, I want to say it's in like Berlin or somewhere in the EU, the ship is off the coast of Papua New Guinea somewhere, and the solution's running on an iPad in, you know, in, in a jungle. And before, when he wanted to ship a new version, that was eight hours of work to do that. Com com took his entire day to do it. Mm -hmm. Him, he did, that was all he could do. He couldn't do other things while this was going on for the entire day. A couple months ago, he emailed me and said, this is now just a couple minute long process. And in fact, it's changed the way that we approach development because for the first time ever, I was able to ship two versions in a single day, right? Changed yeah. how they approach development entirely on this process. And we get this comment all the time because now instead of spending your whole weekend upgrading your vertical market solution, you get your weekends back, Yeah. right? When you go from having to manually migrate systems all day, it takes you an entire day to being able to do it at the press of a button and it takes a few minutes, that changes how you approach developing that system. Talk about freeing, right? You're freeing your time, you're freeing your mind, you know, your mental load. It, it's stuff that just works. And I think yep. that, that's, that's key there, yeah. What would you do if you could ship to production a few times a day? Because that's the power you have now. If you're doing, if you are working in this in this new way, um, with a server with automated data migration, what would you do? How would you do your business differently if that was possible? Because it is. You know, I, I think we've identified a, a bunch of different capability aspects to this idea of a modern filemaker revolution. But there's also this idea that um, to be modern anything, never mind FileMaker, to be modern anything, you are a learning organization. Yeah. Learning is the center of being modern. Like learn, it's, it's the idea that we can adapt and iterate and shift and learn and make changes quickly. And I think one of the challenges with FileMaker in the old days is that, you know, that's just been challenging to do, right? But if you, if you want to adapt to this way of thinking and then the way of working deployment needs to be the center of your story migration needs to be the center of your story and frankly cloud needs to be the center of your story right. in all of those in all of those cases but starting first with the idea that you can 
you can build, get feedback, test, ship, iterate. I don't care what you call it. You can call it Agile, call it whatever, Scrum, whatever, right? Yeah. The idea that you can go through these loops quickly, quickly in the business cycle, in a decision loop that addresses business needs. If you can't do that, there's no story. That's right. What do you do? So, so we're, we're, I think what I'm hearing is that you're asking people to change their mindset, right? The way that they think about this, the way that they're going to think about development and what work they're actually doing, how they're going to add value. So how does that shift happen? Like, how do I, I developer Martha, how, how do I have shift my thinking and how do I know when to bring something else in or what, what are my, my steps to make this work? I would I would offer some shortcuts to get people thinking about this. If, if there's one thing that I would push people to orient their thinking around, like if I could pick one word, I would say speed. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I mean that in every sense of that word, how fast your solution works, how fast you're deploying, how quickly you're learning, how quickly changes are being made. And if you're not optimized around these ideas, I don't mean rushing. I just mean, I mean doing things at a pace that can respond to changes in an effective and credible way, you know, within within a healthy business cycle, right? Speed. And and I also mean performance, like how much data you can collect, how much how how well you can scale, like all these dimensions. If you orient Oh, if we orient our brains around speed, all these things kind of fall into place. You have to make certain choices to get there. If you don't, then we are going to fall into patterns of like, you know, we'll negotiate with ourselves. Like, yeah, I can do this really complex, complicated thing because I can, and I'll sacrifice performance for it, whatever. Yeah. Well, I I would say... I was thinking about when you asked that question, what, what's the key insight that's driven me down this road? And I don't know that I ever named it before in this way, but I, I think this is it. In FileMaker, we've always, uh, you know, you're looking at a layout. That layout is based on a table. Your user interface is tightly coupled to the data. The scripts, the way we do scripting is also tightly coupled to the data um, and, and to the UI. And so that that lends us to have a very coupled view of logic and user interface. And I would say one of the key things is try to pull those apart. Um, And the reason is that the logic that you write, the things that you may want to do in FileMaker and the data that you may want to access and change and update may not have anything to do with the FileMaker database. Once you start thinking that the script that I'm writing may have to be called from a web app or from a Slack bot, and you're no longer inside the FileMaker window, the FileMaker layout view to like, okay, the button's gonna go here and the fields are gonna go there and I'm gonna you know, slide out a slide panel to show this. And now I'm simply focused on logic. You, you, can, you can start to see where these opportunities lie. Once you have scripts that no longer care about where they run from, they can now be called from Slack, from a disconnected FileMaker Go app, from a web app, from a Lambda function, from, um, from Zapier, from, from a QuickBooks webhook, whatever it is, once you get the idea 
that you can write scripts, you can write business logic, you can update data without having to think at all about the UI. You can now start to imagine where this UI might exist. So I know, I think a lot of people, in, in, we've all been very proud of the beautiful layouts that we built in the past and the, the cool FileMaker UI tricks that we did. And I, I'm not saying just forget all that stuff. No, but remember that you can do an awful lot without any of the FileMaker UI at all, whether it's called from a web app or as a FileMaker 19, you can make little web widgets, right? On the FileMaker layout in a web browser that talk to FileMaker and get the data back. They don't care about what layout. There's no, doesn't matter. That web viewer does not care what layout it is on, right? So if you break those apart and you start to think that I can use my FileMaker data, the data that's in my FileMaker system, and I can use my scripting skills to integrate with anything, then the world is your oyster. So, you know, in, in classic FileMaker vernacular, we say things like separation model, right? Separation is like the, the peak classic FileMaker design architecture archetype. With modern FileMaker, is, the word is decouple. It's just decoupling. And, uh, you know, we can unpack that later. We've done lots of different things that we can do. But this, it's this idea that, that we want things that are lightweight, that are loosely connected together, that are connected through the web, through the internet, you know, through APIs, through services, both internal services as well as web services. Um, and, and that is, you know, and, and that is, uh, that may seem complicated or difficult if you haven't done anything like that. But again, you know, shout out to Otto makes a lot of some, some of these things really simple and, and, and brainless with webhooks and whatnot. But that's, that's where we're going with these things. We're taking pretty large, complicated systems and we're making them much more lightweight, much more hyper, much more performant, much more, much less dependent on internal structures and internal tables or itself or other files in, in the, you know, the FileMaker solution. Yeah, I think I would, I want to add to, to that and to my previous comment that the lower, the lowest level technique, the two lowest level techniques that, that I can think of that really start this process, you should be thinking in JSON. JSON is the key to all of this. That's the key to getting this whole process started. Pass data around your FileMaker systems in JSON. Um, and use, use that to pass parameters. If you do that, you start to create scripts that what we call JSON in, JSON out. So those scripts take everything that they need to do whatever it is they need to do in terms of business logic as a packet of JSON, and they respond with a JSON response. Once you have that, now those scripts can get called from anything, Slack bots, web pages, Zapier, webhooks, whatever. They can be called from anything, and they will still work. So that's the key. That's the first layer of decoupling, and it happens right there at the the uh, passing data around your FileMaker system as JSON. So if you haven't adopted JSON as your standard for, for doing that, that's the key. Start with that. And the other one I would say is insert from URL. HTTP requests are really central to all this. Um, and we have a great script, which we will link to in the show notes that can help you build HTTP uh, calls much easier than trying to do it by hand with the native curl functions. Um, but those two things are really, really essential to starting this process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and I know we're focused on the, the FileMaker 
developer mentality and changing that. But there's a little part of me that hopes that we can change the minds of people in the web world, right? Like no FileMaker should be part of your ecosystem, right? Like come to our side. <laughs> we have a secret that we want to share. But I don't know. No, it's not crazy. And it, it's certainly like, the other thing is that there are a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses that are in FileMaker, huge investments, they're not leaving. So how do we get um, those folks to understand they have these other options and they can bring in other, if you are a JavaScript developer, well, I don't care whether you're using React or Vue or Svelte or whatever you're using, if you're using those, those, those frameworks, you can connect to FileMaker. You can build user interfaces and other types of business logic that will connect to FileMaker just fine using standard web techniques. There's really, there's really no roadblock there. In fact, it's easier than other databases because FileMaker's, FileMaker's REST API is HTTP, it's HTTP based. So if you, if you're, you, have, you have your data in like a Mongo, a, uh, MongoDB or in Postgres or MySQL, you have a, like a, a native connection you have to mediate. Those, those can be done quite easily in some stacks, but if you're using like serverless functions, you can't do it. Serverless functions can live for just 15 seconds. There's no database pool. There's no database native database connection that you can um, do at scale to a MySQL database that way. But FileMaker works fine for that because it's HTTP. So it fits well within the modern web space. And, and uh, the reason why people don't know that is because we just haven't broken through um, in terms of communicating that, but it does. We, we have exa great examples of that, like in terms of working with companies like Netflix to work within their infrastructure and within the, the React. They have this React-based um, design UI kit. We were able to use that just fine with FileMaker. There were no problems. There were no like, oh, this won't work. It worked fine. So that's totally possible to do. So my, my pitch for um, the, I guess, the web world and maybe the business world who are familiar with the web world, the web-centric approach to, to R&D and development and innovation is to, is to imagine this problem, right? We live, in, we live in sea of this amazing business applications that are being built for scale. Um, but the center of innovation for businesses have to come from inside. That's and right. so this is a cultural problem, right? So we've got a problem today where we've got all these innovation that's basically been outsourced to SaaS, web apps, you know, modern platforms and frameworks. And all the business stuff goes where? That's still the problem. It goes to spreadsheets. It goes to, and what people will find constantly is that we try quote unquote low code platforms and tools That's right. and people hit a, hit a wall, right? And the reason for that is that the very, very few good ones out there that's, that, that are programmable. And FileMakers is a unique, weird, off, awesome thing where you can low code to, I hate to use the phrase, but pro code, but that's exactly why it's, it's extremely powerful, right? And, and that, and, and, if you imagine that the center of innovation with businesses is going to come from below and you want to, and you want to support that and tap into that, farming has got to be a friend. Yep. And I, I would, I, there's, um, there's a, there's an article from the people at ThoughtWorks, which is very highly regarded consulting 
company that does a lot of work with enterprise around software. And one of the articles they just they just wrote was you can't you can't buy integration, which I thought was really interesting. What they're what they're basically saying is that integration is now so central to what people do because it's how you connect all these disparate things together. And um, you actually the probably the best way to approach that in their opinion was was to use a programming language, was to not try to do that with low code tools because eventually you're going to hit a roadblock where you're going to wish you had a programming language. And then, and then the other thing is, is if that's, if, if the, if the center of innovation of what, how you build your business is actually a network of all these different applications together, that's your intellectual property. That's your business is that stuff. And do you really want that to be living on somebody's, somebody else's stack? No, you want control of that. You want it, you want it, um, you want a programming language to do it in. You want it tested. You want all the things that you would normally do around a software um, program, you would want that around your entire um, innovation space, which which could be just a lot of integration with a few key custom apps built on top of it and a web page that reaches your customers, right? So yeah, the there's still a tremendous need for a tool that um, that businesses can use that can start low and go all the way to pro. That's really what it is. And I think people are really beginning to see this. You're hearing this word, um, pro low code or low pro code, depending on who's saying it come out now, which is people are just, they're hitting roadblocks with low code tools and there's no escape. FileMaker has escape hatches. It's got a REST API. It's got this ability to embed web apps right within the FileMaker layout. It's got HTTP, it's got JSON. It's got all these ways to reach out and to connect with all these other things that become very pro very quickly when you need it. You got to have that. And FileMaker is as good a tool as any for a business to use to build that space in. The, the, the biggest risk in making any sort of investment, speaking from a business angle here, is that you get stuck and you have no way out. That's right. <clears throat> so and that's, yeah, that's my pitch. You know, I'd say that. And, and, and that's true for business applications too. Like, I mean, and the way people get out of being stuck in a, a modern web app today is to build integrations with other things, to flow the data out, to do something else that you can't do. So you have two overlapping systems that do similar things, but one does it better, like Zendesk versus Pipedrive, for example, right? This is a classic combination. Yeah. We flow the data around and it works beautifully around that, right? But what happens when, you, when, you're, when your stuff is stuck, when your key business process is stuck in an automation tool that you have no control over? And it's not just that moving is expensive. Retooling is expensive. Yeah. Enormously expensive. Yeah. I, I like how this conversation started very much uh, with my fear of FileMaker not being the center. <laughs> but then, yeah. but we, we but the, the word that came out afterwards is that FileMaker is still key to a lot of things. And I think I love that idea that, that even if it is not central, it is still very important. And I think that is... I think, I mean, that's inspiring to me, right? That, that I have more choices. I'm free from thinking FileMaker has to be everything when it doesn't, right? It could just be a really key part of the business, of the problems I'm trying to solve. That's it's right. one of the key tools that I can make anything out of, right? When I need to. And I think, I think the other, I mean, just, just to get stark real about it, if your idea of building value for a customer today looks like it did 10 or 10 years ago, uh, I'm, I, you're, you're, you've got some blinders on. You're just not seeing, you're just not seeing where the value is. 
Um, we have a world that we're in. We have a context, and it is it is um, it is new and different. And so that so adjusting to that, adapting to that, and and creating value on top of that, and a tremendous value, is what we call the modern filemaker revolution. At least that's the that's the buzzword buzzword we're kind of kicking around now. Um, we'll see if it sticks around. But but that's the idea: is that this is new. It's a revolution. It's modern. It fits within the modern stack, and it still deeply includes FileMaker. Deeply includes FileMaker, because that's the world we're in, and it's you know it's accepting things like cloud, cloud first. Got to be on the cloud. You have to be. You have to have a FileMaker server um, so that you can you can. Uh, reach other things or the other things can reach you. You gotta. So now from there, what's, and then we go through all these steps we've been through, but it's, it, uh, we, this is a, this is a very, we, we see it and feel deeply that this is an empowering story, not a, a scary story. Um, this is a, this is the, this is the way forward. It's full of opportunity. Um, you just have to, you just have to embrace it. You have to accept the change that's here and go after it. Yeah, I love it. That seems like a great way to end the podcast here. And I'm sure we'll have lots more conversations around this, right? I mean, there's plenty to dig into, whether it's the technical side, the business side. Um, so hopefully you guys are stuck with me here for a while in future <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, we hope we, well, I want to get into some of the details. There's all kinds of things that we started talking about here that are quite deep. You know, we talked about decoupling, we talked about events, and um, there's a whole thing we have to do around this, this thing we call Simple Q. And there's a lot more to discuss, and so we'll be getting more. to that. Yeah, but all those things are yeah, yeah. What we call this modern filmic revolution. That's right. Very cool. That's right. All right. Well, thank you both for your time. All right. Much appreciated, and we'll be talking. Well, a lot Martha, more. great job on your first podcast. <laughs> Looking <laughs> forward to many more. <laughs> Good. Well, hopefully, when's the next out one? Second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank again. you guys. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.